0: you're listening to the treasuring christ church podcast at tcc we believe that church isn't just like a family but it is a family we hope you're encouraged by listening to god's word today but we would love to see you on sundays at 10 30. for more information check us out online at tccannarbor.com. and in light of of where we're headed and and where we're at um at the beginning of this year i, I want to I want to stop and, and try to encourage us as we think ahead about the vision that God has for us in this new year uh, to, uh, to kind of keep our focus uh, right, um, and, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 14, verses 21 through 23, and this may seem like a, a strange passage, uh, but, uh, but I believe it's, uh, it's very fitting, uh, not only to a new year, but just a, an encouragement to us as a young church. Um, <clears throat> Acts fourteen is the tail end of what 's often called paul 's first missionary journey uh, Paul and, and Barnabas had gone out from the church at Antioch and uh, had shared the gospel in a number of different places and along the way they experienced uh, great persecution and uh, they were often run out of town uh, and from one town to the next. And, uh, and what's really mind-boggling to me, after basically in many places uh, not only being run out, but in a few places being stoned and Paul being left for dead, uh, Paul and Barnabas get back up and they go back into these towns in which they had shared the gospel and seen people come to faith in Christ, and they strengthened the believers. They established churches in some of those very places. And in Acts fourteen twenty-one. It says that when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch. These are three places they had done significant ministry in Acts 13 and 14. And here's what they did as they returned to these places. They strengthened the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Uh, Acts 14, uh, 21 through 23, in many ways, is a, is a pattern that we see emerge uh, in Paul's ministry in the book of Acts. He goes into a place, shares the gospel, and then strengthens believers. If you uh, go down and you look at, uh, at Acts 15... In verse 30 it says <clears throat> they had been in a uh, been together uh, with the Jerusalem believers after affirming the work of the gospel moving out to the Gentiles they were sent off and they went back down to Antioch they gathered the congregation they delivered the letter from Jerusalem everyone read it they rejoiced because of its encouragement there's this sense of unity the gospel to the Jew and the Gentile God was at work and it says that Judas and, and Silas who were themselves prophets they encouraged and strengthened the brothers the believers there with many words And after they had spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to those who had sent them. And Paul and Barnabas remained at Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others, also. And then at the end of Acts fifteen, Paul and Barnabas they have a little bit of a division over strategy. They split. Barnabas takes uh, Mark, uh, who uh, they go and they continue to share the gospel and plant churches. And Paul takes Silas, and they're sent out. Uh, And it says in verse forty. Uh, that Paul and Silas departed, and they were commended by the brothers, by the church of Antioch, to the grace of the Lord, and they went through Syria and Sicily, strengthening the churches. You see, there's this, there's this pattern that emerges that the gospel's preached, but believers continually need to be strengthened, they continually need to be encouraged. Um, and as we begin a new year, what I, I want us to do is I just want us to, to think about what that means, what it means to be strengthened and encouraged, because I think that's what we need to continue the work that God's called us to do. Um, and in and, and Acts 14, we actually are reminded of what the work is to, to keep the focus on the main thing. And we see in verse 21 what the main thing is. The main thing in two parts is proclaiming the gospel and making disciples, proclaiming the gospel and making disciples. We see this in the ministry of Paul. We see this in the ministry of Peter. We see this in the ministry of the churches uh, in the New Testament. Time and time again, they kept the main thing, the main thing. They focused themselves on preaching the gospel and on making disciples. And they did this because that's what Jesus called us to. If you go back to to Matthew uh, chapter 28, after Jesus is raised from the dead and He commends, uh, commissions His disciples, He commissions them with these words in Matthew 28. It says that He had gathered them together on the mountain, and having gathered them, uh, He gave them this commission. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. In the Gospel of Luke, it records for us the commission that Jesus gives, and it, it, it states it in an explicit way focused on the Gospel. It says in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, These are the words that I spoke to you, Jesus said, while I was still with you, that everything written in the law of Moses, the prophets, must be fulfilled. He opened their minds to understand the Scriptures He said, This Thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things. Behold, I'm sending uh, the, the promise of my father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power. And then in the book of Acts, we see that uh, promised filling uh, of the Holy Spirit comes. In Acts chapter 1, uh, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. And uh, as the Spirit comes, it says this in Acts chapter 1, uh, Jesus says, when the Spirit comes, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and to, to the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses, the witnesses of Jesus's death and resurrection, the proclamation of the gospel. And that proclamation of the gospel entails necessarily by by virtue of what Jesus called us to do to proclaim the gospel is to be committed to making disciples. A disciple is somebody who knows and follows Jesus and helps others do the same. Uh, To to believe the gospel is is to not only become a child of God, is to become a, a follower of God that you know him and you follow him, you know his word and his ways, and you seek to follow him and help others follow him as well. And that's what Paul continually kept as the focus. And so as I think about the vision before us for 2023, I start with the main thing. And the main thing that we are going to be committed to in 2023 as a church is I pray the same thing we were committed to in 2022 and in 2021. And in 2020, and that's to proclaim the gospel and to make disciples. In fact, our mission as a church um, bears this out. It says uh, our mission uh, as a church is that we exist to multiply disciples who delight in, declare, and display the gospel in all of life and for the good of our community. This is, this is what we do. This is uh, the banner we wave, that we are a disciple-making people. And to be disciples, we, <clears throat> we spell out in these three Ds, delight, declare, and display. Uh, we, we delight in the gospel as our priority because it's out of the overflow of our devotion to God that we believe ministry for God flows. And that ministry for God is is summarized in declaring and displaying the gospel. We do this in our individual lives. We do this in our corporate life together. And we do it uh, not just occasionally, but we do it in all of life, believing that God is at work in every area of our life. He hasn't gotten our address wrong. He hasn't gotten our neighbors wrong. He hasn't gotten your job wrong. Uh, He hasn't gotten any of these things wrong. He has you where he has you right now so that he can work through you for the sake of the gospel and that we would be a people who not only do that in all of life, but we would do it, and we would do it for the good of our community. We would seek the good of our community by how we serve, but also we believe that the gospel is not just good news for some people. To be a gospel people means that we believe the gospel is good news for all people. And I say that every year just as a reminder to you, that somewhere along the way all of us are tempted to think that the gospel may not be good news for some people. Some people who are hard-hearted to Christ. Some people who want nothing to do with Christ. Maybe you know some of them personally. Maybe they're a child. Maybe they're a brother, a sister, a mom, or dad, a friend, a co-worker, a classmate. No one is beyond the gospel because the gospel is for all people. That's why we must be committed to proclaiming the gospel and making disciples. So if our mission is to multiply disciples who delight in, declare, and display the gospel, uh, how do we go about carrying that out? And, and some of this is, is, is kind of uh, foundational for for us. This isn't updated information. This is just reminding you of what we've already uh, committed to. Our strategy, uh, we spell out in this way. Um, I typically don't try to alliterate, but it just came to me uh, when we were uh, coming up with a strategy. So here you have the five G's, uh, uh, which reflect our strategy. <clears throat> and as a good, any good pastor would do, the scatter didn't work, so it got combined with the gather, right? Uh, so you can't have an S, you know, five G's and an S. It's just doesn't work. Um, I guess you could have the G's, you know, with the the S. Um, Sorry, Um, that wasn't in the notes um, for good reason. But the first uh, part of our strategy is what we're doing right now and what we'll do the rest of this week, and that's that we gather and scatter. And this is, this is just part of our rhythm. This is how God has designed it, that we would gather as God's people on Sundays and that we would scatter into the everyday rhythms of our life. And we would live out those everyday rhythms of our life with gospel intentionality. And that's what I mean when I say that we're, we're multiplying disciples who delight and declare and display the gospel in all of life. Like it, it's not that we take a vacation when we start to work from the mission. And I'm not saying that everywhere you go that you uh, have to start every conversation by telling everyone uh, about Jesus. But you believe and see and understand that God is working in all the areas of your life to help you make much of him. That people would see your character, that people would hear what you talk about, that your updates of the weekend wouldn't cut out the most important thing in your life, which is that you gathered with God's people and that you're a part of his church and God's working in this way or that way. That you would share, not just with your church friends, what God's doing in your heart and your life, but with anybody that God's put in your life, what God's doing in your heart and your life. That we would eat, that we would play, that we would work with a gospel intentionality. And the reason we gather is in obedience to Christ, but also because we need to be encouraged and built up so that as we scatter, we can be faithful. And in fact, time and time again in the scriptures, as it talks about the gathering of God's people, a foundational uh, reason for the gathering of God's people is that we would be built up in Christ. We proclaim the gospel every time we gather, believing that there are people who who join us, who who may not know Christ, so they would hear the gospel and come to believe. Paul says you ought to always be preaching the gospel with the, the unbeliever in mind. But a primary and foundational focus that we have as a church as we gather is that we would build up the body of Christ, that we would be encouraged um, and strengthened so that we can live out the mission that God has given us. And part of what we do when we scatter is we gather into groups. We regather, if you will, um, in smaller groups groups. Uh, for, uh, for an opportunity to experience fellowship in a more personal way, grow in spiritual maturity, be encouraged to live on mission as we do it alongside others. This past year, we launched a, a new small group, technically two small groups with our college group and an additional um, co-ed adult group uh, on Wednesdays. We're excited to continue to build on those and continue uh, to, to raise up new small group leaders so that we can continue building our small groups. Um, one of the things I notice uh, as we build small groups is as we as we invest in and we, we, we develop leaders, our small groups benefit from it, and we have more opportunities, more touch points for people to connect in the life of our church, to, to grow closer to Christ, to be more encouraged. And so groups isn't just kind of a, a little thing over here. It's vital to the lifeline of what we do as a church. And our the second, third part of our strategy is that we're committed to growing. And when I say grow, I, I'm talking about uh, discipleship and, and developing leaders within the church, like small group leaders, expanding uh, those who lead in various aspects of our serve teams on a given Sunday, as well as uh, continuing to uh, to cultivate an environment of disciple-making in the life of our church. And we'll talk about this in, in a little bit later, but I'm excited for us to take some more formal steps towards uh, having personal discipleship taking place in the The life of our church—it's already taking place in some informal ways, and we're excited to continue to grow uh, in that way. But, but this is vital because what we're saying—we believe that yes, the church builds itself up as we gather, um, and we individually are going as believers. But to, to make disciples, to teach all that God has given us and all that He's commanded us, requires both informal relationships that are the pattern of our life. We would seek to encourage and build one another up and grow in Christ, like like a a key thought you ought to have in your mind as you think about other people in our church is how are they doing in their walk with Christ? How can I encourage them in their walk with Christ? How are they growing? How am I growing? How do I need to be encouraged? Who do I need to reach out to uh, because I'm struggling in this area? Like that that should be a normal uh, cadence in the life of our church that we would think I ought to grow. I need people to help me grow. Are, there are things that the church is doing that maybe I could plug into to, to help me. Maybe it's a small group or uh, equip uh, classes come into this. As we think about growing, we're seeking to equip our kids and knowing and loving Jesus and knowing his word, knowing his character, understanding his mission. We're seeking to equip adults. In the course of this past year, we've talked through not only the storyline of Scripture, but the, uh, the the pattern of Christian formation and the Christian life and Christian doctrine. We're going to be continuing uh, our focus on Christian doctrine And in uh, in February, as we kick back off equip groups, all of that's designed to help you grow as disciples, uh, as well as to continue to raise up leaders within our church. And then we give uh, to to carry out the ministry that God has given us will require all of us to give of ourselves, of our time, uh, of our energy as well as our resources to give generously and sacrificially to build the church. I didn't say this because I was excited about all the things to, to celebrate, uh, but one of the things to celebrate uh, is as a church, and uh, our third year as a church, we are still supported by external support and internal support. Um, and when we began uh, in 2021, our, inter- our, external support, our internal giving was probably about 20%. Uh, Of our budget, maybe twenty five percent of our uh, of our budget, and the rest was from external support, other partners, individual churches, individuals, and churches who who give to TCC. In twenty twenty two, we saw a seventy percent increase in our internal giving uh, from from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two, and and that represented about thirty, just shy of thirty five percent of our budget was supported by the own internal giving uh, of our church. Um, and, and the rest by our external uh, partners. Uh, in 2023, we're anticipating to increase our internal giving by growing uh, as a church, by growing our membership as a church another 50%, which would put us almost at 50-50 of internal uh, support and external support, which for at year three in the midst of a two-year global pandemic is, is much to be praised Because our belief is that come uh, 2026, uh, 2025, we'll be nearly supported by our own internal giving with some external support uh, being well on our way to being a a self-sustaining local church. That happens because God's people give believing the mission that God's called us to, we give in response to that generously and sacrificially. So thank you for your giving. And I encourage you to continue to pray um, and be open to how God would lead you to give of yourself um, and your time and your energy, as well as your resources. And then finally, we go. And we go because we're sent. So if you're sent, you better go, right? (laughs) We go in our everyday life. Uh, as well as we go uh, to, uh, we go to to, uh, to make disciples and advance the gospel uh, by sending out laborers into church planning and international missions. Uh, we've, uh, as a church, in this past year, been able to uh, to support and send um, from within our own church our first international laborer, uh, in Caitlin. Uh, who is serving uh, overseas. And uh, and some of you uh, probably get her, her updates and are continuing to pray uh, with her and for her. Uh, we're seeking to uh, and asking that God would continue to raise up people that we would send out. We've seen <clears throat> some of our own that are serving more in a, in a medical-related area, the Nestles in Kenya, uh, but God has given them some opportunities for some ministry. Um, and you saw this in the budget email, but we've come alongside them to provide some resources for uh, school library uh, that's a part of a, uh, of a hospital there uh, that is seeking to provide uh, care for pediatric uh, cancer patients. And, um, and, and so we were able to provide some books and resources uh, for them through our missions, uh, giving to support them. We, we want to not only give, but we also pray, and I'm praying that God would continue to raise up, raise up people. Some of you are sitting here that God may be calling to go serve overseas as international missionaries. Some of you are perhaps in here, but will be a part of the 2025 church planning team uh, that God sends out through TCC. That there, there are people that God is sending into our everyday life, into your work, and into, into, uh, into our community, but also there are people that God has here now and will bring here who we are going to send out to the nations and send out uh, through church planning and church revitalization. So this is our strategy, what we're committed to doing uh, to help us carry out our mission of multiplying disciples who delight in, declare and display the gospel. And, and, and it's, it's really driven by proclaiming the gospel and making disciples. And so in light of that, I think it's helpful to consider, as Paul continually does that, what he saw as necessary when he goes back to those places. And there are three things that we see him do that I just want to briefly encourage us with. One, we see him strengthen the souls of the disciples. He strengthened the souls of the disciples. This word is continually used. It says, uh, and I mentioned earlier in uh, in 15 verse 32, it says that Paul, Judas and Silas, who were prophets at the church of Antioch, they encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. This is where I get the encouragement that it's okay to preach a long sermon every now and then, right? They, they strengthen the believers with many words, right? Like, not a few words. It wasn't a sermonette, you know? Uh, Paul preached so long one time that a dude fell asleep and fell out of a window, all right? Um, and so, uh, I'm just kidding. If you know anyone who knows me after my sermon reflection, I, I often uh, complain about my own link sometimes. But, um, but they strengthen them through the word, they, they strengthen their souls. And, and I, I, I've thought about three different ways in which um, we can strengthen our soul. This is, when you say strengthen our soul, it's really talking about the internal uh, aspect of the believer. Like just the, the sense of the encouragement of the believer when you walk away uh, with this sense of, man, I feel, I feel strengthened, like the Lord has strengthened me. Um, I heard uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones who says that uh, good preaching leaves people with a, um, <clears throat> an overwhelming sense of who God is. And I think that's a, a vital part of what it means to be strengthened. Uh, ironically, it has nothing to do with us. To be, for our, strol- our soul to be strengthened has everything for, uh, to do with who God is. And so vital to strengthening in our soul is to understanding who God is, what God has done, <clears throat> and then on the basis of that, what is true of us. Because of Christ. And who God is is to think about his character, that he's wise, he knows what's best, he's generous, he gives what's best, he loves. He's good. He is truly best. He's sovereign. He's in control of all things. He's merciful, giving us what we don't deserve and holding back from us what we do deserve. Gracious. He's our provider. He's redeemer. He's healer. He's unchanging. When everything else changes, he remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. The way we are strengthened is by looking away from ourselves to who God is, understanding his character. And time and time again, That's why the encouragement, uh, as they strengthen believers, as they strengthen them through the preaching of the word of the Lord, they strengthen them with many words, not ultimately that it was long sermons, but they strengthen them with many words about who God was. And don't you know that's what we continually need to be reminded of? Who God is. Just like we sang in our song, when darkness seems to hide his face. That's the problem, when busyness makes us forget God's character, when discouragement disfigures who God is in our minds. That's why we need to be reminded of who God is. That's what strengthens our soul. That's why in 2023, we're going to continue preaching through the gospel of Mark, looking at who God is and, and who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Uh, we, we not only want to consider who God is, but flowing out of that what God has done, to be reminded that he created all things. That He created you, that He created me, that He not only is Creator but He's Savior. He sent Christ to save us. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You know that—that's simple truth, right? Don't ever forget it. Remind yourself of it today, and tomorrow, and the next day, this month, and next month, and this year. When you're 20, and when you're 40, and when you're 60, and. you're eighty, and all the way in, into the the nineties and the, the hundreds. I I heard that the oldest lady living is a hundred, and uh, was a hundred and fifteen, and just passed away uh, this past year. Born in um, I can't I can't do the math. It doesn't seem right. Nineteen twelve. Um, I think she's nineteen oh two was what it was. I I can't remember, but she was the oldest lady, and I heard it on the radio, so it's got to be true. Um, <clears throat> However long you live, however young you are, whether you're 10 or 9, 6 or 5, remember that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And he didn't stay dead, but he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And he rose from the dead and he's coming again. And he's given us a spirit as a down payment. To indwell us and empower us so that we might obey him, that we might follow him. These things are what God has done. These things are what God is doing in us right now. Who he is and what he's done. And because of this, there are some things that are true of us because of Christ. You in Christ, this is true of you. You can say this with me. I am forgiven. I am made right with God. There is therefore now no condemnation. For me, if I am in Christ, I am a child of God. I am loved. I am a new creation. You heard uh, last week as Mike preached from 2 Corinthians, we are a new creation in Christ, redeemed and reconciled to God. We have been set apart by God and for God. We are free, free from the bondage and guilt of sin and free to live in uh, in the victory and obedience that God has given us. We are ambassadors of Christ. We have been sent. This is who we are as followers of Christ. These things are true of you today. And it's not just like good news at the beginning of a new year. Like this is, this is true throughout the year. Who God is, what God has done, what is true of us because of Christ. And as I've said throughout, there is nothing that will strengthen your soul more like meeting with God in his word. At the beginning of 2023, my question for you is, do you have a plan for how you're going to be in God's Word? Simply, it doesn't have to be my plan. It doesn't have to be somebody else's plan. There's like 700 plans, right? There's plans for the, uh, the super organized folks with color-coded pencils and markers. There's plans. There's one I used to do called the uh, Bible reading plan for shirkers and slackers. Um, and with plenty of makeup days uh, in between. Uh, there's devotionals. There's, uh, there's things online. There's, things, there's hard copies. There's groups. There's apps. There's this. There's that. My question for you is, do you have a plan? Do you have a plan? And are you, are you willing to, to, to run hard after that plan? Even if you get hung up in Exodus sometime later in February, push through it, pick up a new book, and are you going to continue with the plan? Because nothing will strengthen your soul more. Not the many words that you hear from the pulpit on Sunday or the teaching in a class or the encouragement in a small group. All of those are essential. But I believe the bread and butter, the, the meat and potatoes of the Christian life is the believer reading God's word. The intake of God's word is vital to your soul being strengthened. So do you have a plan? We're going to be posting and, and, and sharing some resources that I hope are an encouragement to you. We have some opportunities coming up starting this week with our women's Bible study uh, for four weeks uh, on Wednesday nights. Uh, small groups will be kicking off um, following that. Our men's Bible study will be kicking back off at the end of January. There's opportunities for you to do it formally, studying God's word with others. But I encourage you, find a plan. Pick one, anyone, and commit yourself to strengthening your soul through God's word in 2023. And then Paul encourages the believers to continue in the faith, it says. Uh, he, he, He says that he encouraged them to continue in the faith. Um, and, and here, I just want to say there's, there's a few different parts to this to continue in the faith is, is obviously the, the part of knowing the faith, right? Uh, it's, we've talked about this a while back during Advent, the, the faith is a reference to the body of what we believe. Faith is the aspect of believing. Well, here he's saying, be, be true to to God's word, be, be true to understanding God's word, be equipped and grow in God's word and, and all the different outlets in which we do that. But here's what I would say. Don't allow knowledge to become boring to you. Let the knowledge of God make your heart sing. Let the the things that you know about God bring delight to you. Make that your your goal as you read God's word. How can I find joy in God today? What delights my heart in God today? But then we need perseverance. To continue in the faith entails perseverance. And the, the, the brief encouragement I want to give here is that Paul gathered with these believers and he encouraged them to continue in the faith, to persevere in the faith. What you need to persevere is encouragement. And, and here I just want to remind us of what we've covenanted together as a church family, that we have committed to help one another grow in Christ, to encourage one another to grow in Christ. So who is encouraging you to continue in the faith? And do they know they're encouraging you? And vice versa, who are you encouraging to continue in the faith? That's the, that's the call. That's the challenge for us, to persevere, to continue in the faith. And one of the ways in which I, I pray that we are able to do this in this new year, some of you uh, maybe have had some conversations about this, but we're going to be launching discipleship groups our D groups in uh, in the new year, and which we're going to seek in groups of uh, of three, no more than four, to have personal discipleship taking place around God's Word, working through reading Scripture together, uh, working through talking through different topics together. They're going to be designed to go for a semester uh, at a time, uh, with the heart of of seeing multiplication in those groups. There's going to be leaders of those groups, and then uh, some people who are going to be kind of not leading but participating. While they may do that for a semester or two, they may then be the leaders uh, of their own group coming up. There may be ways for you to invite somebody into that, a new believer a seeking, uh, somebody who's seeking to study God's word. But the, the whole goal and desire is for us to, uh, to carry out a commitment to discipleship, to continuing in the faith by providing encouragement for one another. And that's ultimately all it's doing. To say discipleship groups is really to say believers are getting together, people are getting together to talk about God's word and to encourage one another to, to continue in the faith. That's the heart of discipleship groups. With God's word at the center of that, that's what we're going to seek to, to, to do. And so I'm excited to continue to share more about that. But then I, I find it interesting, and I, I think this is often um, encouragement that doesn't get shared as we think about starting a new year. We think about all the resolutions we want, all the things we want to accomplish, all the things we're determined to do. But as Paul returned to these believers, he said, I want to pray that you uh, continue in the faith. And then he said to them, Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Paul said there will be trials that will come. If you follow the suffering servant, you shouldn't expect to walk through the sea of tranquility, right? Uh, If we follow Christ, we, we will experience suffering. If you identify as a follower of Christ... There will be people who don't like that. If you preach the gospel, if you share the gospel, there will be people who will be rubbed wrong by that. There will be people who, they may not hit you and stone you, but they may ostracize you and, uh, and, and push you to the side, whether it's in just that relationship or in other ways. There will be a cost to following Christ. Just as Christ paid a cost to make us his own. There will be trials that will come in our life, things that will hit us that we didn't expect, things that we didn't see coming, but that all of a sudden we're facing, whether it's because we identify with Christ or because of the journey through this life as we follow Christ. And the point is of Paul sharing this is that the trials are not a mistake or an obstacle to God's work in your life. The opposition that you faced isn't the end of what God wants to do. In fact, as Paul uh, preached the gospel and uh, in many places, he said, pray for us so the gospel would advance. There's much opposition here, but the door is open wide for the gospel. Just because there's opposition doesn't mean there's not open doors for the gospel. Just because there's trials doesn't mean that the presence of God isn't in the midst of the trial working to accomplish his purpose. Paul said, there are many trials on the way to the kingdom of God. So I don't know what 2023 holds, but if 2023 is one step further to the kingdom of God, to the, to the return of Christ, then I can tell you there'll be trials to come. Endure those trials by remembering who God is and what God has done and who you are in him. Endure those trials by continuing in the faith with the encouragement of other believers and don't leave a brother or sister behind. That's what we need to remember. Yes, the mission is, is so vital and the strategy is important and the things ahead of us as we move into a new place and take next steps of ministry in our community and, and seek discipleship. All of these things are vital, but what's going to hang you up and, and what's going to get hard is when the trials come along the way. There are many trials on the way to the kingdom of God. We need to endure those trials by remembering who God is and who God has put around us. And then as Paul ended his time with these believers, he did what, what we seek to do um, as a church and what I'm excited for us to do as a church. He he established leaders in those churches. He appointed elders for them in verse 23, uh, in every church with prayer and fast, committing them to the Lord whom they had believed. As we think about the church uh, and how God has designed the church, he's designed the church to, uh, to be led uh, by, uh, by elders. Uh, he's designed the church to be served by deacons. He's designed the church to see every member in the body with their gifts to be used to serve and build up the church. And that's our desire. As I think about what's ahead of us in 2023, my prayer is that we expand our serving uh, teams by, by, by entrusting leadership uh, to you, to our members, that we see new people step into, into new roles that we could add to um, uh, having affirmed the, the two deacons that we present to you this week. We add to those deacons, we add to our elders, so that we can continue uh, to see the church strengthen, continue to see the church grow as God designed it. Um, and so uh, as we think about what Paul did here, this pattern that we see Paul doing here is the pattern that we're seeking to emulate uh, here at TCC. And then finally, I, I just want to close with this this image of entrusting to the Lord. As they prayed and fasted, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. I'm going to ask Rebecca and Victor to come and I just want to move us to a time of just reflection and prayer before we, uh, we respond to the Lord in song. What we see Paul, Paul do time and time again and the church do uh, as they send out people is this, uh, this sense of entrusting to the Lord, commending to the grace of the Lord. I think about what God's called us to, and I think about what it means to follow him <clears throat> We can't do any of that in our own strength. We're not capable or able to do any of those things. We need him. And that's why, that's why you see God's people continually entrusting others to the Lord, commending them to the grace of God. As I think about what I pray and what I'm asking God to do in the life of our church and in each of you, if I could be personal, is that each of us would have a hunger for God Just a desire to know him and to grow in him. For our souls to be strengthened in him. A plan for reading the Bible. That each of us would have a person that we're praying that God would use us to reach with the gospel. That we would have a way to serve the church. That we would have a commitment to growing as a disciple and making disciples. And that finally we would have an openness to whatever God wants to do in and through us. A sense of, of open hands and open hearts to, to what God wants to do in and through us in this new year. So what I want us to do is, is not just to end by that encouragement, that challenge. I just want to invite us to, to seek the Lord together, just in a moment of prayer. And I uh, recently <clears throat> even found encouragement and being challenged to, to respond physically uh, in my own posture before the Lord, and so here in a moment, as Rebecca plays um, we 'll turn the lights <clears throat> down. Uh, I just want to invite you to to just kneel where you 're at if you can 't kneel, maybe you just want to stand maybe you just want to stand with open arms. I just want to ask you to go before the Lord and allow your posture to reflect a sense of, uh, of yielding to him a sense of dependence on Him. And and, and allow these things, just leave this screen up if we can, and just ask these things of God. Maybe commit these things to God as we think about them this year. God, help me hunger for you more than ever. God, help, help me find a plan and stick with a plan as I read your word. Help me not get caught up by the uh, legalism of I got to do this or that. Help me just focus on you. God didn't call you to have a 15-minute quiet time. He called you to, to meditate on him day and night. So the, 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 the time is essential, but don't get caught up on that. Find a plan and stick with it. We, we've often prayed and asked you to consider who's your one, and that's ultimately what I'm doing here. And in saying is there one person that God might be leading you to pray for, the reality is as you're praying for someone, as, as the gospel is on your heart and your mind for someone, uh, don't be surprised if God puts other people before you who you have an opportunity to, to talk about him with. But sometimes it can be overwhelming to think about, how can I share the gospel with 50 people? I, I don't know, but think about one. Think about one person that God's put in your life. As you think about the church, we're excited about all that God's doing. Some of you serve so faithfully and sacrificially. Ministry is sustain, a sustainable sacrifice. Pray that God would sustain you as well as pray that maybe God would, you would be open to God moving you to serve in other ways, new ways, taking on expanded roles. As you think about those D groups, maybe you think, man, I don't got time for that. But maybe it's what you need to make time for. Maybe you think uh, I'm beyond that or I, that's too far beyond me. Maybe just to openness to and say, God, I want to grow as a disciple. I want to make disciples. Jesus said, make disciples. God, I want to be a part of that this year. And then just a, a yielding, an openness before the Lord. Have your way in me, God. I want you and nothing else. That's my prayer.